Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sod. We are reposting this class from 5771. It is absolutely one of the most uh, interesting classes and gives us a real look at understanding Lech Lecha. We're posting this at the request of many of you who had not been able to hear it before. So we start. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about Lech Lecha. That's this week's Perasha. Lech Lecha, I had a bunch of possible class titles. All of these apply. Ready? Listening to your wife, good or bad. Adam and Chava, take two, starring Abraham and Sarah. The snake will support you. Overcoming Mansapach, the reward for silence, and your money or your life. So this is a wild class. Really something that most of you have never heard before. And uh, really something to, to think about. And it, it, it really, there's a whole bunch of questions that come up in this parasha, and it's almost impossible to answer those questions without the help of Rabbeinu HaArizal. So here we go, we're ready to start. Vayomer Hashem El Avram. So Hashem uh, turns to Avram, he says to Avram, this is a prophetic, uh, prophetic vision. He says, Lech Lecha Me'arsecha, leave your land, go to yourself. What does that mean, go to yourself? Go to yourself from your land, from your birthplace, from the house of your father, El Haaretz Asher Areka, to the land that I will show you. The rabbis all agree that Abraham faced ten tests during his life. The final test was the Akedah. All agree. The question though was, was this the first test or not? Also, Avraham now is 75 years old. We know, according to what the rabbis explained, that at the age of 48, Avraham was thrown into the fire by Nimrod. Nimrod said to him, listen, uh, you can't accept that there's a single God. You have to accept uh, how we all worship. Avraham said no. He threatened to throw him in the fire, and Avraham was willing to give up his life for his belief and get thrown into the fire. Once someone is willing to give up their life and to get thrown into the fire, you would think that in reality he's done with all his tests. Anything else that person is going to do after that, he's willing to give up everything, seems somewhat minor, somewhat inconsequential. And it's interesting now, Hashem is giving him a test, telling him to go to this new land that I'm not even telling you where it is, but Hashem also promises him, I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You will be a, a you yourself are a blessing. So based on Rashi, he says, listen, Hashem is telling him, here you can't have children. You want children. Go there, I'll give you children. If Hashem is promising all of these tremendous things, all of these tremendous things, would you, would you say that it's a test to go? Hey, listen, if you move to somewhere else, you're going to win this, this, and this. You're going to have this, this, and this. And you're going to be everything. Okay, I'm going. What's the test? So Rashi brings the Midrash that Hashem promises these things because the, the, the traveling will diminish his ability to have children, his ability to make money, his fame. Therefore, Hashem is telling him, listen, I'm going to give you all of these things. Furthermore, Rashi says, he's gonna, Hashem says to him, I will bless you. Rashi says, well, how is he going to bless him? I'm going to bless you with money. Hashem promises a child, blesses him with money. We should remember when we say, Yevarechecha Hashem, in Birkat Kohanim every morning, Yevarechecha Hashem, the Kavanah in Yevarechecha Hashem, 
is Hashem should bless you with money. And you should keep the money. You shouldn't lose it. So this is what Hashem promises Avraham if he goes. Money. It seems somewhat out of the spiritual place that we're in. But we have to remember that the first part of Birkat Kohanim has to do with money. Is money what? A Jewish thing? What's the story with the money? Vayelech Avram kasher diber elav. Hashem. So Avram goes just like Hashem promised him. And what happens? Vayelech Lot ito. And Lot comes with him. Avram ben chamesh shanim v'shivim shana. Avram was 75 years old when he goes from Haran. It says, Vayikach Avram et Sarai ishto. He takes Sarah, his wife, et Lot, his nephew, and all the property, et kol rechusham asher rachashu, all of the property which he gathered, or which he earned, ve'et hanefesh, and the souls, asher asu, which they made, becharan. Those are the people who became his followers. Bayetu, and they went. They went towards Canaan. They didn't know where they're supposed to go. Now, what happens? Some say this is the second trip that Abraham took. He took a prior trip. The, the Torah here is questionable being out of order. Did the, uh, the Brit Ben Habetarim, which happens in the middle of this parasha, actually happen before? Most opinions are that that occurred when Abraham was 70 years old, not, that, not when he's 75 years old. So it means he must have been there before, went back. Not sure. But the question is, why is it important to tell us, et kol rechusham asher rachashu, all of the property, all of the money which he earned. Why do we have to know this? Why do we care about what was in his luggage? Why do we care? It seems, again, extra words to tell us. Again, having to do with property, money. Aren't we supposed to be spiritual here? So Avram passes the land until he comes to Shechem. And the verse tells us, The Canaanites were still in the land. Again, what do we need to know this for? We're actually going to see this verse again. So Hashem appears to Avram, and he says to him, To your children, I will give this land. So Avraham is so happy to hear, He builds an altar, To Hashem who appears to him. He goes from there to the mountains, So he says, he goes from there, to Bet El, and what does he do when he gets to Bet El? He builds her a tent. Rashi says, first he pitched his wife's tent, and afterwards his own. Why is it so important for us to know that he did his wife's tent in this new era of, you know, ladies, maybe not ladies first, you open the door for the lady, she gets upset while you're opening the door for me. Is this a lesson really that we should do for our wives first? The Gemara says, a person's wife is more than his body. The Ma'am law is, goes on how much a person should, 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 should do more for his wife than he does for himself. And we know the Torah is not a storybook. There has to be a lesson in everything. What do you expect him to do? Not build a tent for his wife? Tell, hey, honey, I'm building my tent. You wait outside. When I'm done, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get together. We'll figure out what to do. Now also, he comes to the land. Hashem promises him all of these things. Everything's going to be wonderful once you get to Eretz Israel. And what happens? There is a famine in the, in the land. 
there ain't no food. No food, there's nothing to eat. So what's he going to do? His whole whole entourage, all the people with him, there's nothing to feed them. What's he going to do? Where's he going to get food? So what does he have to do? He has to leave the land. He goes to Mitzrayim, Lagurshav, to dwell there. It's because the famine was very great in the land. And it was. When he's coming to go to Egypt. Vayomer el Sarai, and he says to Sarai, Ishto, his wife, Hineyadati, now I know, Ki isha yefat mareat, that you are a beautiful woman. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Abraham. What do you mean, now you know? You're 75, she's 65. You've been married for quite some time. Question. Did you only get married after what happened at Ur Kasdim because your brother died and he left his daughter? Or did you get married 40 years ago or 50 years ago? Or So what does this mean? Now you know that she's beautiful. And the rabbis tell us that Sarah was the most beautiful woman in the earth, the most beautiful woman on the planet. Says that she's something unbelievable. He did not recognize her beauty because of the modesty of both of them. But now he recognized her beauty through an incident. What was the incident? They say he was crossing a, a river and he saw her reflection in the river. Otherwise, he wasn't looking at her. It seems crazy. He says, now I know you're beautiful. Some opinions say, you know what? He's thinking because he's going into Egypt and in Egypt, they're going to look at her and they're going to have never seen anyone so beautiful as her. And now he's concerned with how beautiful she is. <clears throat> for, the, for the idea that Rashi brings that he didn't look at her face, it, it seems almost impossible. He married her. How could he have not looked at her? She was his niece. How could he have not looked at her? The Zohar says he never looked. Yet the Gemara and Kiddushin says, Asur le'adam. It's forbidden for a person to go under the chuppah without seeing his wife says, what's going on? If he didn't see her before he got married, uh, the, uh, the rabbis are worried that he's going to get married, say, ach, and that's it, it's over. Here, Abraham says, I never knew. How could it be he never knew? Very, very hard for us to understand. Imagine on the newlywed game, you know, okay, the next question, what does your wife look like? I have no idea how long you've been married. 50 years, whoa. So, Abraham, he says, now I know. So be careful. There's a famine. We need to go to Egypt, and it's going to be a problem. And he continues, it will be, when the Egyptians will see you, and they will say, this is your wife, they're going to kill me, but you, you will live. So he says, I have an idea, I have a plan. Please say, that you are my sister. Leman yitavli, in order that it should good be good for me ba'avurech, because of you, vechayta nafshi biglalech, and I should live because of you. What do you mean? It should be good for me because of you, and I should live because of you. If you're telling her to lie, if you're telling her to do something she shouldn't do, then shouldn't the reason be that I should live? Why leman yitavli? And what is leman yitavli? What does it mean that it will be good for me? Rashi says, ah, they'll give me gifts. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, Abraham. You're telling me 
that you're going to tell Sarai to, Sarai to, to lie and say she's your sister for what? So they show you the money? What's going on? What's going on? How could the Pasuk say this? It says specifically, so it should be good for me because of you. They should give me money and gifts and I should live. We should get rid of the first part, only have the second part. And the order is also strange. You should, If you really want the money and the gifts, say, okay, in order that I should live and by the way, we'll also get money. Seems strange. He wants it a lie, so they're going to deal nicely with him. This is Abraham Avinu. This is our forefather. You're going to say, okay, killing, he's afraid. Pikuach nefesh. But we're going to say, in order for it to be good for me, to make money? I, I don't understand. I can't lie. The Shulchan Aruch says it's a major punishment for those who lie and cheat the Goyim. And says, what's more important, your money or your life? The order is wrong. Why is it even the first part is money even necessary in the statement? What could we understand from here? What are the rabbis going to tell us? How could we even begin to understand this? It gets worse. And just like he thought, when he goes down to Egypt, the Mitzrayim saw the woman. She's very, very pretty. She's the most beautiful woman they ever saw. And the officers of Paro They praise her to Paro. Each one of them wants to be the guy to tell Paro, Paro, I, I, I saw this woman. You're never going to believe it. The most beautiful person you ever could have imagined in your entire life. I saw her. I'm going to bring her to you. And what do they do? Exactly that. They take her away from her husband. They take her to the house of Paro. Okay, he got it. And Avram did very well because of her. And they gave him sheep and cattle, and donkeys, and slaves, and servants. The atonot and uh, and more donkeys, gemalim and uh, and mules and camels. What what's going on here? What's going on? Paro sees this most beautiful woman. He says, "Who who's her family? Oh, this is her family." Oh, listen, we have to show that she comes from the most important family you could imagine because I want to marry her. So if she's going to come from the most important family, that family has to be very very wealthy. So Avram. Take all the property, take all of this wealth, it's all yours, and everyone's going to say, whoa, look at this guy, look at where Sarai comes from. She must be something great. She's worthy to marry into the royal family. And Avram, Avram takes everything. No problem. Give me, give me, give me more. How much was it? We're going to see how much it was, how beyond imagination, how much he gave him. And Hashem comes and he strikes Paro, the Ed Beto, and his household, Al Devar Sarai Eshet Avram, because of Sarai, the wife of Avram. Says the the says the 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 Midrash Tanhuma that Gabriel the angel came to Sarai. And said, don't worry, I got you covered. And if Paro would reach out with his hand to touch her, she would tell Gabriel, take care of him, and he'd smack the hand. 
And if he tried to lean over to kiss her, he would smack the mouth. And he strikes Paro with leprosy. Sarat. Now we know, what do we get Sarat from? Sarat is leprosy. Usually Sarat relates to Lashonara. Why Sarat? Seems Paro also was innocent. She thought it was his sister. Why me? What did I do wrong? He lied to me. Many Mephashim say, hey, don't think he was so innocent. They told him, listen, she's married. Her husband is just not here. And Abraham is her brother. And it still didn't stop him. So what happens? Vayikra paro Avram. So paro calls to Avraham. Vayomer and he says, Mazot asit Ali, what did you do to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Lama amarta achoti, why did you tell me she's your sister? And I took her for a wife. Now, hineishtecha, here's your wife. Kach valech, take her and go. So Paroah commands his officers to go and escort them out of the country. They sent him out like when they're going to send B'nai Israel from Egypt. And his wife, and everything that he had, all of the property that he had given him initially, keep it, just get out. So finally, calls Abraham. Why did you lie? Abraham doesn't answer. Next week we're going to see this similar story in Gerar. What's going on? Imagine Egypt was a famous nation. Abraham was famous. The story must have been known by all. Fox, CNN, all of them. Fake news, real news, who knows? They all must have talked about what happened. Remember later on, Abraham is the war. The four kings, the five kings. This is a famous guy. Same story later. Sarah 90, Avimelech, angel comes to him, punishes him. Avimelech at least gets an answer. But with Paro, there's not even an answer. Paro just tells him, get out. Abraham doesn't even venture to say what or why or how. So what happens? So Abraham left Egypt. Him and his wife and everything he had. And Lot was with him. The Avram kaved meod, and Avraham was very, very, very heavy. He had so much wealth, miknes, sheep, and cattle, and gold, and silver. You would think this is stolen money, baby. You would think he would be embarrassed that he took the money and he left. What do you mean? He used his wife. He got the money. Pharaoh gets sick. We don't even know if he got cured. He shouldn't have taken the money. It's dirty money. Look later on in the perasha. We have a war. There are four kings who come and defeat five kings. And then they take from they take from the five kings, they take the people of Sedom as hostages. One of the people among the hostages is Abraham's nephew Lot. Lot looks exactly like Abraham. So Abraham is going to go and he's going to save him. He catches them. Everything, including the money. And what happens now? The king of Sedom turns to Avram and he says, Ten lihanefesh, give me the souls. Because Avram was entitled to every one of those people to become his slaves. And what does the king of Sedom say? Listen, Avram, you know what? You're entitled to all of the people. 
You're entitled to all of the money. You're entitled to everything. You won the war. Abraham, you won fair and square. You're entitled. Take all the money, but please give me back the people. Do me a favor by keeping the money and giving me the people. What does Abraham tell him? I raise my hand to God, the highest God. Who rules heaven and earth. From a from a thread to a leather shoelace. If I take anything from you, and you're never going to say that you made me rich. Wow. In this case, he deserves it. He won a victory. Everything should be his. The king of Sodom is saying, take everything. Abraham says, I don't want a string or a shoelace. Everything that I have comes from Hashem. And the Gemara says, wow, this is a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. Tremendous. What's the reward Abraham has? Sitzit, tefillin. And here, here now with Egypt, when he doesn't deserve it, when he... No question. Somewhat you're going to say, you know, okay, we can't say, did he lie? She's his sister. Come on. And there, he takes the money. It makes no sense. With Sidom, he deserved the money. He earned the money. He was offered the money. He says, no. With Paro, he took the money under false conditions. How could he take it? Shouldn't he have just left the money in Egypt and say, by God, I will not take anything from you. Everything will come from God. Instead, all of his wealth comes from Paro. Doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe to you. Doesn't make sense to me. There he refuses. In Sodom, here with Egypt, he takes. Et Avram, and also to Lot who went with Avram, there was so much, so much for both of them. He says, the, the land couldn't even support all of the things they had. The whole country's in front of them. They have so much things that the land can't support just their livestock. Their property was great. They couldn't live together anymore. Too much. How much did they take from Egypt? And there was a fight between the shepherds of Avram and the shepherds of Lot, the Kanani and the Prizi, as Yoshev Ba'aretz. Again, we find out that they still live there. What's going on? Says the shepherds of Lot went and they said, you know what? Avraham was promised all the land to his heirs. Who's his heirs? Lot. Therefore, everything is promised to our master. So all of the animals can eat wherever they want. The Pasuk tells us, not yet. The Canaanites were in the land. The problem we have is how could they take it that they, that their, their boss, that Lot, the nephew of Abraham, is going to be his heir? First of all, Sarah is alive. She inherits, and they may have children. Second, even though Lot's father died, his uncle Nahor is alive, so he would inherit first. How can you be sure? Maybe Abraham's going to sell the option on the property. You know, I'm going to sell the option of the property. Lot, sorry, not going to go to you. Ten cents on the dollar, let me sell the option. What kind of answer is this that Lot's going to inherit? How do we know Lot is going to outlive Abraham? 
What kind of argument? So Avram turns to Lot and he says, let there not be an argument between us, between your shepherds, my shepherds. We are brothers. Excuse me. And if you're not brothers, it's okay to fight. If you're strangers, it's okay to fight. What's the idea behind brothers? Says Rashi, they looked like each other. They looked like each other? They're relatives? What does that mean? Is that the reason not to fight? If I need to pay, I need to pay. We should remember tonight, now, it was already tonight, is the yard site of Rachel Imenu. Tonight is the 11th of Cheshvan. You're going to get all these emails, you know. We have these uh, uh, Rachel Imenu programs tonight. Tonight is the yard site of Rachel Imenu. What was her power, the power of our mother Rachel? The Midrash says she was able to keep quiet. She was engaged to Yaakov quietly for seven years. Nobody even knew she was engaged. They switched uh, her sister for her at the last minute. She still kept quiet. The rabbis tell us, Menashe, he put a statue in the Bet HaMikdash. Hashem wanted to destroy the world. All the Avod came to Hashem. Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, everyone came to, 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 to Hashem. Moshe, David, everyone came. Nothing. All of a sudden, Rachel comes to Hashem. Says to Hashem, listen, Hashem. When it was on me, I was quiet. Hashem says, okay, I'll be quiet. We're coming to Egypt. They get the customs, and they say, hey, who's the girl they hid in the box? It's Sarah. Who is Sarah? She's my sister. She's whose sister? Abraham's sister? No. The truth is, she's Lot's sister. And Lot could have said to the guys, hey, listen, he's the husband, knock him off, give me everything, I'll be fine. People have done a lot worse things for a lot less money. Lot is the real brother. He could have said, I'm the real brother. But he kept quiet. And therefore, Hashem made him as if he's the son of Abraham. If we see in, in, in Parshat Devarim, in chapter 2, in verse 5, says there that he treated him, Lot, as Abraham's son to inherit part of the land. Hashem promised 10 parts of the land to Abraham. Three parts didn't come to us. One went to Seir, which was Esav, and the other two went to Ammon and Moab, who were the descendants of Lot. Even though everything's promised to Abraham, it says there that he treated Lot, Hashem treated Lot as Abraham's son to inherit part of the land. So we see because Lot kept quiet, Hashem treated him as if he was the son. He was the one who rightfully would inherit. Then we go to the end of the Perashah. The end of the parasha, we have Brit Milah. The Gemara tells us we have there mentioned Brit 13 times, 13 times, more than any other place we have Brit. And also we have there, Velo yikare od et shimcha Avram. We will no longer call your name Avram. Vehaya shimcha Avraham, your name will be Avraham, ki av hamon goyim netaticha. I have made you the father of many nations. You are the father of nations. You are the father of the world. The Gemara in Nedarim asks, what's the significance? It says that if a person calls him Avram, he commits a sin. Lo od. You should not call him further Avram. The Gemara Berachot says, Bar Kapara says, whoever calls Avram, Avram, denies a positive commandment in the Torah as it says, your name will be Avram. Rabbi Eliezer says he did not. He has a negative one because he's not going to be Abraham, and he goes against a positive one. 
We know also that the name Avram, Aleph Bet Resh Mem, is 243. 243. When we add the hey for Avraham, it's 248. The rabbis explain that now he's perfected the 248 parts of his body. We have 248 parts. He's perfected every single one of those parts. And therefore, now he has the beat milah, which perfects the 248th. Therefore, he is now Avraham. Avraham, 248, perfecting everything. Not everyone could be Avraham. So the Gemara says, he's the one who perfected 248. His name is Avraham. So Avraham turns to Hashem and says, God, what are you going to give me? Avraham, this is going in Brit Ben HaBetarim. And Avraham there, he's, a, he's referring to Hashem as Amonai. We have Hashem's name as Yud and Ehe and Avav and Ehe, Shem Havaya. We don't pronounce the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He. Instead of it, we pronounce Hashem's name as Aleph Dalid Nun Yud, Amonai. Instead of Havaya. Daniel, when he prays in Bavel, he calls Hashem Amonai, Adon. He refers to Avraham as the first one to call Hashem Adon. What's so great about calling Hashem Adon? Adon we can translate as Mr. Mr. And because he calls him Adon, is that why we say En Avot, we have no father, Ela Shelosha. The only fathers we have are Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. No one else do we call a father. Remember all the Shevatim, they're really our fathers. One of them is, is, is each of our fathers. Yet only Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. My father Jacob, maybe when I say my grandfather Isaac, my great-grandfather Abraham, I say, no, my father Jacob, my father Isaac, my father Abraham. All have the name Av, Avot. Let's try to understand. Sefer Bereshit. All tragedies don't come from entities we think. The entities we see are garments for a negative force. The negativity in this world we've discussed many times is locked within the letters Mansapach. Mansapach are the double letters, the Sofit letters within the Hebrew alphabet. We have 22 main letters. The Gemaran Shabbat tells us that we have Mansapach. These are the final Mem, the final Nun, the final Sadi, the final Pei, the final Kaf. These were actually instituted by the Nevi'im and they resemble what we call bad energy. Bad energy is locked in these letters. Why? The way to understand is they're end letters. End letter means no continuation, just stop. Our goal in this world is to be a channel, to receive and to give. It comes to me and I share. But if the buck stops by me, I take it in and I don't give it out, that's bad. If I refuse to care and share, I become the root of negativity. This negativity of the nachash, of the snake, has its origin in the worlds before our own world. There was negativity, it wasn't going to be here. But the negativity left behind is given a new life. This is the dark side of what we see, we say the Satan riding the serpent. This negativity of Mansapach enters into the snake. And this is how the snake has the ability to convince Chava to commit the sin and to take the fruit to Adam. These five forces are power of bad energy. They have the ability to come and test us and tempt us. Chav Sofit, Mem Sofit, Nun Sofit, Pe Sofit, Sadi Sofit. 
Our job in this world, as always, is not really to win wars, not to try better. All the difficulties in this world are from these five things. We have to fix them. We have to correct them. We have to control them. If we can do that, all of the difficulties of life, our parnasah, our health, our happiness, our peace, all the difficulties are gone. Hashem is telling, telling Avraham Avinu, Lech, go, lecha, to the chaf sofit. Go to the chaf sofit. Avraham, your role is you're beginning the correction. You're going to correct the negative energy of that first letter, chaf sofit. What did Avraham do? We can put a big list of everything he accomplished. But his main accomplishment is that he begins the control of the negative force. And this control of the negative force makes him our father. We always, when we pray, we take our left hand, we cover it with our right hand. This represents the five negative forces and this is the five positive forces. This is the Gebura, this is the Chesed. We want to sweeten the judgment with kindness. We put our hand like this, and that's the right five good to prevent the other five. We have to remember. <clears throat> Let's go back to the story of Bereshit. We said the story of Bereshit in the Torah, we see the G version, but the story of Bereshit is really an R-rated version. The R-rated version, no kids uh, tuning in now. The, oh, probably they see much worse. The R-rated version is Adam married Hava too quickly. Hashem created Adam. Later on, Hava comes from Adam. And he gets up from his sleep and he sees, oh, my pretty wife. The Gemara tells us how Hashem adorned her hair with jewels. She was so beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Most beautiful woman in the world. So, so far we have two most beautiful women in the world. Hava and Sarah. What happens? He looks at his pretty wife. Hashem says, listen, Avraham, listen, Adam, tonight, Friday night, the night of creation, you were created Friday in the day. Wait till Friday night. We're going to have a big wedding. Who's going to be the rabbi? Who's going to be the Mesader Kiddushin? Hashem himself. And once we have the wedding, it's a mitzvah, Friday night, for you to be together. Just wait a few more hours. Just wait the rest of the day. Tonight, you'll have... Your honeymoon. Says Adam and Hava lack the self-control. And this lack of self-control in essence is the sin. Adam and Hava were together prior to the right time. They jumped the gun. The snake saw. And said, whoa, I, I want that. Adam, after he finished, what did he do? He got tired, he took a nap. Comes the Nachash and comes after Chava. How come, how come Adam left his wife with the snake in the garden? Because he was sleeping. Why was he sleeping? Because. And what happened? She used these senses. The, the Nachash used these senses to get her to sin. She hears his argument. Sense of touch. She sees the beautiful fruit. She tastes the fruit. After she ate from the tree, he ate from the tree. Hashem asks, why did you do it? And he says, the wife you gave me. Hashem's then going to punish Adam because you listened to your wife. You listened to your wife, damaged your eyes, damaged your ears, 
damage your tongue, damage your fingers, damage these parts of your body. 248 parts to perfect, you've already messed up a big part. Abraham at 99 years old, he is the one who represents 248. He corrected every aspect. The 248 are within him. It's evident that he passed the test of Adam. We have to understand, explains the Arizal. Adam is Abraham. Adam comes back as Abraham. Abraham has a nitzot, has a spark of Adam to correct Adam. Chava comes back as Sarah. And who's the Nachash? If you ever looked at the images of the pharaohs in Egypt, the top of their crown has the cobra, the snake. The snake, the Nachash, is Paro. It's the same test as in the garden. The Nachash comes comes to, 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 to Chava to convince her. The Nachash, Paro, comes to Sarah. Twenty generations passed from Adam to Abraham, and Abraham is the first one to begin to repair the damage done by those five, five forces. Don't blame anyone. Realize that we have to repair the damage from those five forces. Adam says, I have a pretty, pretty wife. I can't control myself. The snake says, pretty, pretty wife. I want her. Comes Rabbeinu Hari. And he says, Abraham never looked at his wife. I always interpreted this in a... He didn't look at his wife in a lustful way. Abraham imagined he understood he's here to do something. Adam should have waited and controlled himself. Adam took her before her time. We see that Adam lived 930 years. The other 70 years he gave to uh, David HaMelech. And we see the story of David HaMelech with Bathsheba seems to be very similar as Adam and Chava. Uh, David should have waited for Bathsheba. He didn't wait. He jumped the gun. He did what Adam did. But Abraham says, I'm not looking. We have to realize that Adam and Chava, they're husband and wife, but they're also brother and sister. Abraham says to Sarah, you are my sister. We are here to correct the nitzos of our soul, which is Adam and Chava. And what was the curse given to Adam because he messed up? From the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat. Now we see something. Lech lecha, go Abraham. If you go and listen to me, there's going to be lots of money. Hashem, I already got money. I'm taking it with me. It called Rechut. They took all of the money that they had. He took everything. It called Rechush. But what happens? There's a famine. He loses it all. He's broke. He actually borrows money on his way down to Egypt. He worked hard. Bezeat apecha, from the sweat of your brow. He lost it all. Abraham, you're going to go down to Egypt. The Nachash is going to meet you in Egypt. The Nachash is going to try to take Chava. The Nachash is going to go after her. The same in Avimelech, a part of the Nachash. But she's going to be different than Chava. She's going to refuse the Nachash. Not with any of her senses is she going to allow him in at all. And you are going to repair together with her the sin of lack of self-control of Adam. Go. You're going to get money there. 
says she takes his wife. She he takes his wife with him to go to Eretz Israel. Hashem never told him, but like Adam and Chava, his wife is part of him. Go to Eretz Israel. Go throughout the country. What are you doing in every place? You're praying in every place. Adam should have done this. Adam should have been worried about his descendants. Abraham is correcting the problem of Adam. Say you're my sister. If you're my sister and you behave and I behave, it will be good for us. Just wait and see. The curse for listening to the snake is You're going to have to work hard to earn money. Abraham is going to prepare and the snake himself who caused the damage in the end will supply the money. The Nachash should have been the servant of Adam. He should have supplied to Adam while Adam sat and learned. While Adam went and did the mitzvot. And we're going to see with Esav, eventually Esav will supply and we will be supported by Esav. Just like Abraham was supported by Paro. Shalomo, you want to know if you're accepted? When someone who dislikes you becomes your best friend. Paro complains, Abraham, there's no need to reply. Remember what happened. He is Sarat, leprosy. Why does Paro get leprosy? What did he do to deserve leprosy? Sarat, because he's the he's the Nachash. He's the he's the snake. He used his tongue to sweet talk her the first time. He deserves to have leprosy. The secret of the Brit Milah, Abraham 248. It means he's complete. He did the job. He's first to do. He's first to earn back that first letter. He earned his letter. The Gemara says there's three avot. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. Abraham, he corrects the chaf. Yitzhak, the mem. Yaakov, the nun, we explained once. Yosef, who's an extension of Yaakov the Peh, and Bezrat Hashem, Mashiach will come and, and, and correct the Sadi. What did the Avot do? Remember, they're all rich. It's very interesting. We're going to see Yitzchak, he's going to come, and he earns a thousand times. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yaakov, we're going to see, he's very rich. Why are they all rich? Who cares? Why is it so important? Says Rabbeinu Ari. The wealth is a sign. It means that the decree by hard work you're going to survive is cancelled they took controls of the entities that cause sin the two punishments that Hashem gives Adam from eating from the tree are work and death so Abraham turns to Sarai and he says you will be my sister and it will be good for me I'll overcome work and I will live I'll overcome death Adam had shown after the sin separated from his wife for 130 years. He was upset. Abraham, on the other hand, he sets up the tent of Sarah. What would you think? Of course he should. But then you're going to say, no, if she's Sarah, if she's the woman, if she caused destruction, let her wait. But Sarah came to do the repair. She brought the Shekhinah to this world. And we're going to see she has the blessing in the dough, the blessing in the candles. We're going to see all of these things are through Sarah that she brings the Shekhinah and she's the one who corrects Chava Imenu, who corrects Eve. It shows us that she fixed it. It's interesting that she's so upset after Hagar gets pregnant the first night that she's with Abraham. She turns to Abraham and she says to Abraham, you prayed for you. You separated me from you. You should have prayed. You should have prayed for us.
the story of Abraham and Sarah is the correction of the sin of Adam and Chava. They're the correction. They control their desires. They look at good things. They understand that everything is from Hashem. They correct the sin of Adam. Hashem says, I love this guy. Abraham calls Hashem Adnut, Mr. You're in charge. You're my master. Whatever you want me to do, I do. And Hashem loves him. He talks to him. You know, we had Noah. Before Noah, we had Metushelach. After Noah, we had Shem, Malkisedek. We had Ever. But Abraham is the first one. He's the first one who understood the job is to control our, our to have self-control and to fix what was damaged. Therefore, he is called Avinu, our father. We have our fathers. We have to wait for Mashiach for the fifth. But the lesson from Abraham in repairing starts again this, this time of year. We start reading the Torah. We begin the history of the Jewish people. Lech lecha me'asecha. Go. Our job as the Jewish people is to go to the chaf, is to go to the letters, is to fix the negativity, to use our control to fix it. Our job is to repair. We learn this from Abraham. I want to point out some further proofs. Do we have some time? Yeah, a few more minutes. It's unbelievable stuff. Further proofs with some wonderful lessons. We see in Berashid, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Behi baram. Behei, with the hey. The hey the world is created, the same hey that's given to Avram to become Avraham, the same hey that's given to Sarai to become Sarah. Also the world, the entire world was created, the rabbis tell us, for Avraham. We can look at it and say that the world was created for Adam, but he messed up. And then the world was created for Noah, but he messed up. And it was only after 20 generations that what happens comes Abraham to fix it. We wrote this week that Lech Lecha, go to yourself. What does it mean? Go to your potential. Hashem gave Adam a positive commandment. The positive commandment was to eat from all the trees. The negative commandment, don't eat from the tree of knowledge. And what was the tree? There are four opinions. An etrog, a citron, a grape, a wheat... Or fig. Rabbi Avitan once mentioned, how could we have all four and they all be correct? And he said, maybe it was as beautiful as the etrog, it was as satiating as the wheat, it was as sweet as the fig, and it was intoxicating as the grape. We see that Noah, after the flood, wants to repair the damage of Adam. So what does he do? He plants the grapes, he's going to have the grapes, and what's he going to do with that? He's going to then become intoxicated and fail. It's interesting that from this point forward, Noah becomes unimportant. He fades out of history. We see that when Hashem changes the name Abraham, he becomes the father of many nations, and Sarah becomes the queen or the princess of the world. Rabbeinu Ha'ari writes that they were in fact reincarnations, as we mentioned, with a spark of Adam and Chava within them in order to repair the damage of Adam and Chava. When the Torah tells us that Hashem formed Vayitzhar, it says he formed Adam, it is a double Yud. Why two Yuds? Why 20? I thought maybe 20 because even though he's forming Adam, Adam's not going to be fully formed for 20 generations until we come to Abraham. The rabbis tell us that the double yuds symbolize 10 each. 10 one yud, 10 the other yud. Normally, there's three partners in the creation of a person. There's Hashem, the mother and the father. Hashem provides 10 parts. The parents, which are the mother and the father, each give five. So in total, there's 20 parts. In this case, Hashem was also the mother and father of Adam and Chava. So he had to supply 10 and 10, everything to them. The Ben Yishchai also explains that the word Adam is comprised of the letter Aleph. If you look at an Aleph, you have the cross piece, the two little pieces top and bottom. 
The two little pieces are yuds. The vav is the piece across. The numerical value of yud, yud, and vav is 26. The aleph, also aluf, chief, is indicating for Hashem. The rest of the word for adam is dam, blood. Dam is a numerical value of 44. The father, Av, is 3. The mother, M, is 41. 41 plus 3 is 44. So you have partners in the creation of man, is God, the Aleph, and the 44, which is the mother and the father. It's interesting that I checked in with my son, Moses, the future fertility doctor, and he, in fact, told me that it's interesting, Av is 3, and an egg could be fertilized within the 3 days. And the fetus, after 40 days, 41 days, becomes viable. So the father is three because his job is done within three days. And the mother, the first 41 days, is until it becomes a viable fetus. And therefore, we have Av and Am. So Adab and Chava, who should have been the parents to everyone. And I guess in a way they are. They failed. And Abraham and Sarah had to come and pick up after them. And in essence, they become our parents, our father and mother in the new world. We're all the children of Abraham. It's interesting, when a person converts, he becomes the son of Abraham, or, this, or she becomes the daughter of Sarah. And we call a convert a ben hey hey, the son of two hey's, the son of the hey that went to Abraham, the son of the hey that went to Sarah. When Hashem comes and explains Adam's sin, and He tells him that He's going to be punished, He says that the reason you're going to be punished is because you listen to the voice of your wife. And to the woman, He tells, because you listen to the voice of the snake. So Adam's failure initially seems to be listening to the voice of his wife. We have to ask, does that mean we should never listen to the voice of our wives? Ooh, be careful. Listening to his wife brought about the downfall of the entire world. But fast forward to Abraham and Sarah. As we saw, they're able to overcome the test of the Nachash in Egypt. And what does Hashem do? He tells Abraham, listen, she's not like Chava. She corrected Chava. Listen to what your wife tells you. Listen to your wife. Once they begin the repair, then the failure of listening to his wife by Adam becomes the advice, the opposite advice given to Abraham to listen to his wife. It's interesting that the final words the Torah quotes from Sarah. She's concerned over her son and the danger presented by the son of Hagar, Yishmael. And she tells her husband, get rid of Yishmael in order to protect her son, Yitzchak. And the last two words she says, Beni, my son, Yitzchak. These are her final words in the Torah. We don't have her words when it comes to the Akedah. All that's Midrash. Her final words are Beni Yitzchak. Says that she is concerned about her child saving the future because the future is going to be built through Yitzchak. And once she knows Yitzchak is taken care of, she could leave the world. Instead of bringing death to the children, which is what Adam and Chava brought to the world through their sin, what is Sarah doing? She's in essence bringing life to her child to protect her child and all the children that are going to come after. As we explained earlier, the sin with regard to the fruits was accomplished using four of the five senses. She listened, she saw, she touched, she tasted. The one sense that we do not see being used here is the sense of smell. So the only path back to Gan Eden is through the path of the sense of smell. I think this is why we Sifadim, we always include a blessing of Besamim, of smell, at the wedding, at the Brit Milah, at the Pinyon, because this is the vehicle which connects us to the Gan Eden, Elyon, to the higher level of Gan Eden. It's also interesting that the one sense that we're told, that the Neshama, 
the soul can appreciate is the sense of smell. And it's interesting that the word neshama is similar to neshima, breath. One's spiritual life, the, the life's force comes metaphorically by the way of air, of respiration, of smelling. We all know the term something doesn't smell right. Smell is intangible, but it's intuitive. It represents one's internal compass. The Gemara tells us when the Mashiach is going to come, he's going to smell the people to judge who's right and wrong. We see also that the Neshama is also called the Ruach. And the Ruach and the Reach, the, 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 the scent is Reach, Ruach is spirit. We see this also relates to Hashem. We see when Hashem, we offer a sacrifice, there's a Reach, Nichoach, a beautiful scent that Hashem smells. What does that mean? But it's the, the upper level of senses. Why? Because it was the one sense not destroyed in the sin. We see that when Yitzchak comes to Yaakov, and he smells the coat of the Garden of Eden. He says, you have a reyach of the garden. How does he know what the smell is? We know the rabbis tell us that after the Akedah, Yitzchak was transported to heaven to be rebuilt to the upper garden of Eden. And then he returned to the world. This is according to the opinion of the Megale Amukot. And we're going to visit this next week. And we're going to blow your mind. Whoever didn't hear, we're going to try to understand that Abraham, in fact, caused the ashes of Yitzchak to be there. Rabbeinu Bachia explains that each of the fingers on our hand is related to one of the five senses. The pointer, this finger, the rabbis call this the second finger, is related to the sense of smell. When a person gets married, the husband takes the ring and he puts it on his wife's, this finger. Why this finger? Because this finger relates to the sense of smell that was the only one not damaged by Adam and Chava. And therefore, that's the one that we use. We have when Yitzchak is, is brought as a sacrifice, there's a veyach nichoach tashem. So we have the final test of Abraham, according to all opinions, is the binding of Yitzchak. And we see that according to the Ben Ishchai, the Megalei Mukot, Rabbeinu Hari. I even think Rashi, and I'm going to prove to you that basically Rashi agrees with this also, that Yitzchak was actually sacrificed at the Akedah. There wasn't stop and get off. He never comes. He goes up to heaven. He says the way to make a repair for the sin of Adam and Chava was by returning to the Garden of Eden through Yitzchak. We're going to see in two weeks that Yitzchak and Rivka are also coming to repair. They're also coming to overcome the snake. And we're going to see in two weeks that in fact they bring a tikkun to the Nachash through the actions. So tune in next week for the story you never heard about what really happened at the Akedah. And in two weeks, learn about Rivka and Eliezer and really how that's a new telling of the whole story of the Nachash in Gan Eden, in Gan Eden. And we see the camel riding uh, reincarnation of the snake there and she's consecrated to her husband before she meets her husband. It's very, very interesting. So I think this really blows your mind away to really think of this Berasha that Adam and Chava have to be fixed through Abraham and Sarah and by fixing them through Abraham and Sarah by the self-control that Abraham and Sarah show they actually turn the Nachash from a threat into a servant they turn the Nachash into the person who's going to support them and Bezrat Hashem all of us should be able to show the self-control we should begin the repair of Mansapach that the Mashiach should be able to complete and each and every one of us should be blessed with health and happiness and peace, but also prosperity. Because we should remove the sin, we should remove the pain of the Nachash, of by the Ze'at Apecha we should eat, and we should be able to go on together in the, in the world in good, good ways only always.
Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's 8 o'clock. We're going to stop because I think there's another class 